Good morning. Buenos dias. Buongiorno. Ah, all right. Well, uh, that's for you. My Italian brother here. So, brothers and sisters, it's great to see each and every one of you uh, this beautiful Sunday, especially it's a holiday weekend. Uh, and for those viewing on, on Facebook, uh, welcome. Welcome. I'm really excited to be preaching today. It's been something that, that uh, I've been asked for many, many years. And this is not something as, as giving a, a PowerPoint presentation. There's a reverence to this. I, I respect it. It, it. It's just a different thing, right? So and because of that reverence, uh, I finally said yes. Yes, uh, but then I looked at my 30-plus years in, in corporate America, entrepreneurship, my life. It's all culminated to, to say yes, right? So I say that because I, I, want, I want your experiences to be learning experience, experiences. There's no failure in life. There's no setbacks. You just comebacks. So whatever you're experiencing right now, uh, I, I lift that up in prayer that, that God provides that vision and lets you know that he's with you every step of the way. So let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day as we worship you and glorify you and give you thanks. I ask that you put your, our minds and hearts at peace as we focus on your word today. I ask that you free us from any distractions and that your word speaks to our hearts, but encourage us, transforms us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so have we ever heard the following expressions, I'm about to lose my mind, I'm about to blow a fuse, I'm about to lose my cool, or if you're Latino, coño, right? or Ave Maria, yeah? All right, so those are all expressions of just saying you're about to lose your patience or to become suddenly angry or irritated. We're about to lose our peace, or worse, we're about to make someone else lose their peace. So let's bring up a slide here. So this slide depicts, you know, moments where, where, where we just don't get it, right? And that's Jesus with Peter, right? And, and I think all the wives could relate when they send their, their husbands to, to the grocery store and they're bringing back the wrong thing, right? I mean, that's just like, you didn't get it, right? So we've all had these moments, whether at work, within our families, in our communities, or, or was that one thing, that one situation, or that person that seems to irritate you? You know, we just missed the point. We're human. Uh, and, and what this slide really depicts is the trust of God. You know, it, it's not our own understanding sometimes. That's why where we get tripped up. So today's sermon is titled, Blessed Are the Peacemakers. Peacemakers, sorry. Blessed Are the Peacemakers. Uh, so to speak to this, let's open our, our Bibles, or if you have your, your, your phones, uh, to Matthew 5, 9. We're going to start there. So Matthew 5, 9 states, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So as a citizen of the kingdom of God, you do not fight any longer for your own reputation. It's not about you anymore. You do not attempt to defend yourself against every attack or return the same treatment towards those who wish to harm you, either verbally or physically, an eye for an eye. Oh, I'll get back at you. Instead, you seek and you pursue peace. You respond, unlike the world responds, in gentleness, in respect, and you return good instead of evil. This follows in the way of Jesus and his kingdom. And when you live this way, 
you'll be living out what it means to be a child of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peacemakers. In order, in order to understand or become a peacemaker, we need to, to, to understand what peace is. Now, there's ways that the world defines it, and there's the ways that God defines it. So peace in, is a word that is used in many ways. Peace represents the absence of war or conflict. Peace also refers to rest. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines peace as a state of tranquility or quiet, while the Oxford Dictionary defines it as a state of being calm or quiet. However, peace in the Bible is a bit different. Biblical peace is more than just the absence of conflict or a state of rest. It means completeness, wholeness, and it points to the presence of something else. That presence is the presence of God. So the next scripture we'll focus on is John 14, 27. Peace I live with, leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So to further understand biblical peace, let's look at the origin of the Hebrew and Greek words. The Hebrew word translated as peace is shalom. And according to Strong's concordance, it means completeness, soundness, and welfare. It comes from the root word shalem, which means making amends or making whole or complete. Now, the word peace in the New Testament is from the Greek, irene. And according to Strong's concordance, irene means peace, quiet, and rest. Therefore, that Greek translation, irene, means unity, the church, or family, or communities. It's bringing multiple parts together to form a whole or set as one again. Think about a puzzle. There's pieces. And it's more fun if you do a puzzle because you don't lose your, your, your cool when you're doing it with someone else, right? So that, that's, that's just to give you a visual on that. Or, for example, two friends who reconcile after a fight to make irene. That is to come back together and the relationship is whole. So let's define peace in a biblical sense. First Peter three nine verses. I'm sorry. First Peter chapter three verses nine through twelve read as the following. And this is from the, the contemporary English uh, version. Don't be hateful and insult people just because they are hateful and insult you. Instead, treat everyone with kindness. You are God's chosen ones, and He will bless you. The Scripture says, "Do you really love life?" Do you want to be happy? Then stop saying cruel things and quit telling lies. Give up your evil ways and do right as you find and follow the road to peace. The Lord watches over everyone who obeys him and he listens to their prayers. But he opposes everyone who does evil. So if we could bring up the slide uh, that says do the opposite. We're called to do the opposite, right? Uh, in a world that, that at times is in shambles, like what's going on, it just gets worse every day. I, I tend not to watch the news, but I, I have to be watching the news to be in the know, right? But in a world where it's quite normal to pay back what someone deserves, Jesus calls us to pay back what someone does not deserve. That's hard. I'm not going to stand up here and say it's easy. 
and to give forgiveness instead of revenge, I got to cool off at times. I walk away. I walk away and I go to Jesus. I go to Jesus because my old way will just cut you off. I don't need you in my life, which is the wrong approach. So we're called to give forgiveness instead of revenge, to help someone who has hurt you, to seek peace instead of evil. This upside-down way of living is what it means to be a part of the new kingdom. Why? Because God is our new Lord. He's the one we are trying to please, not our families, not our friends, and especially not ourselves. Now, situations can also steal our peace and have us lose our Jesus. My brother Ed, Ed, Raise your hand up back there. He reminded me yesterday of how important it is to flip a situation. Do the opposite. Years ago, in the early 2000s, I was gifted concert tickets to go see El Caballero de la Salsa, Gilberto Santa Rosa. I know you know who he is, right? All right. And this was at the House of Blues. Hey, I was grateful for complimentary tickets. Somebody that I knew at Channel 66 at the time said, hey, you want to go? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not, right? So fast forward, I invited my brother. This is before I met my wife. Now she's like, well, how come you didn't invite me? But I, I didn't know her then, right? So it's Thursday night. Just imagine it's, a su- it's, it's in the summer. I remember it clearly. I just got a new car. So we're all suited up. We valet the car. We have dinner. And after dinner, I always have a coffee. So I'm, I'm, I'm finishing my coffee. And then we're about to make our way up for those that have been at the House of Blues, the concert halls on the second floor. But then I notice an empty silence. Like, what's going on, right? Something's wrong. And then I, I looked at my brother, and then I looked at, at the maitre d'. He's like, hey, isn't there supposed to be a concert today? He said, let me see your tickets. And I looked at my tickets, and to my dismay, I had missed the concert by a day. It happened the day before on Wednesday. Now, I had a choice to make at that very moment. I could have lost my peace. I could have said you know, many things. Or I could have made the best of it. And looking back at that memory 23-some-odd years ago, I was able to spend time with my brother, which is difficult because we live different lives. He's, you know, I'm married. Well, at that time, I wasn't married, but there was just my career was different from his. But we were able to spend time, and then I created a memory that I still remember to this day, and we made a night of it. I mean, at that time, there was other venues that played live salsa, so we just hung out, right? Uh, and we laughed about it. But there are situations such as that that if you don't flip it or do the opposite or see it differently, it'll steal your peace. Right? All right. So let's continue now diving into biblical peace. It's more than just the absence of conflict. It's taking action to restore a broken situation. It's more than a state of inner tranquility. No, it's more than that, right? Or it's a state of wholeness and completeness. It's something that we can create on our own. It's not, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. It's not something we can create on our own. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And we'll get into which those fruits of the Spirit later on. But if we go to the next slide, God provides us peace three ways. Now, let's remember, God is the source of peace. And one of his name is Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord of peace, the Prince of peace, as stated in Isaiah 9, 6. And he gives us peace in the following ways, peace with God. Jesus is our peace with God. Due to our sins, we were enemies of God and we were separated from him. But Jesus restored our relationship when he took our sins and died our death on the cross. He provided a path for reconciliation with God, and now we are joined to God and can fellowship with him. But remember, we go through Jesus to go to God. 
The second way is peace with others. Jesus is our peace with others. In him, we have reconciliation with others. Live at peace with them. Have fellowship with one another. And can live with others in unity and one accord through the bonds of peace. He empowers us by his spirit to be peacemakers with our neighbors, friends, and foes. There's that word peacemaker. And lastly, this is not just the, the, the end all, right? This is these, these three items that, that, that I, I was called to, to, to preach on. Peace with, other, with ourselves. That's the third one, peace with ourselves. Jesus is our peace within. In him, we are a new creation, and he is making us whole and complete like him. When trials come to tear us apart, he's our peace that keeps us together. Now, historically, there's some, some examples of peacemakers that come to mind. Martin Luther King, Jr. His approach was about peace versus Malcolm, Mas Malcolm X, which was fight violence with violence. Mother Teresa and Nelson Mandela. Commonalities here, these are people of great courage, tenacity. They don't give up. Determined and persistent individuals. These individuals understood the pain of change was not as bad as the pain of staying the same. I'll say that again. They understood the pain of change was not as bad as the pain of staying the same. These are peacemakers. No, there are currently peacemakers in our life that stand for your greatness, that understand God's peace that provide true joy. There are peacemakers currently in this room that has impacted me and my family. 16 years ago, I was dating my wife at the time, and I got cold feet as to advancing our relationship. It wasn't until my brother Ed, who's sitting back there, was able to sit me down and see and show me the beautiful gift God had provided me, which is now my wife. A couple that is also peacemaker and, and were just instrumental in, in, in our growth in our marriage and our journey. I don't see them here, but hopefully they're, they're on Facebook Live are Danny and Magali. In 2015, I had lost a family business, and it put a huge strain on my family and our marriage. This couple stood that all marriages be whole and complete and restored. This occurred, and I'm going to encourage everyone to join a small group. This occurred in couple small group. Danny became my mentor as he took me through the blue book. So these are three individuals, and, and if, you know, I, I've had many conversations and, and, and gatherings with others, but these are just the ones that, are, that were called to me to put them on paper to speak to you. So if I didn't mention you, please forgive me. These individuals took a stand. What's your stand? My wife and I, when we, when we were dating and, and things got serious and we got my sense together and got my act together of moving this forward, we always took a stand of having an extraordinary marriage. I was going to say exceptional, but it's, it's extraordinary. I knew it started with an E. So we took a stand, but when you take a stand, you get attacked. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, even here, as people were praying for me and delivering the word, I kept praying to the Lord, protect my family. Because when you step out in faith, you'll get attacked. So I say that because... I want you to all think about what's your stand. What do you stand for in God? Now, Jesus, 
you, you guys are all cool. Zanny, Magali, Ed, you guys are all cool. But the, the, the G-O-A-T, the greatest of all time, the ultimate greatest example of peacemaker is Jesus. He bought, he bought, brought, he paid for peace out of his suffering. So God makes peace out of suffering. Let me give you an example here, a visual. Like a carver who could turn an ugly block of wood into a beautiful carving. Just imagine that. These tables, these chairs, these pews, that cross. God brings peace into this world through the hardest of moments. So whatever you're encountering right now, know God's with you. He's going to see you through it. We literally bring peace many times by bearing the evil of others, the wrongdoing of others, by taking the blows, by being the Jesus that someone has never seen, letting Jesus live through us, that is. Jesus is our greatest example of a peacemaker. He brought peace out of suffering. Out of anyone who lived, he should not have had all those things happen to him. Let's think about that. He lived a perfect life. He loved people dearly and deeply. He gave up everything for all of us. And he was betrayed. How many times have we been betrayed? Misunderstood. Beaten and killed. But that is how God brought redemption. Through death comes life, through suffering, peace. May we follow the example of the Lord. Now we have the opportunity to declare the true meaning of peace through our words, our actions, and introduce people to Jesus, the original peacemaker, right? It's who we are, who we're being that's causing the change in others. Everything Jesus did pointed to peace. In fact, his reason, his reason in coming to earth was to bring peace. In John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, we see that when the religious leaders gathered to stone a woman who had broken the law, Jesus offered her peace forgiveness, and a new way to live, right? We could do that. We could provide someone peace. We can forgive someone, and we can show them the new way to live. It's not our way. It's God's way. One of Jesus' names is that Prince of Peace. He promises in John 14, 27, to give us peace that lasts unlike any peace the world can give, a life with God results in lasting peace. However, Jesus knew that his mission on earth would not always create peace. He constantly confronted his adversaries, which made them hate him all the more. He stated in Matthew 10, verses uh, 34 to 36, that his coming would cause division, even within families. And I'll reference that. Don't think I came to bring peace to earth. I came to bring trouble, not peace. This is Jesus. I came to turn sons against their fathers, daughters against their mothers, and daughters-in-laws against their mothers-in-law. Now, for the children in the room, I don't want you to go against your parents. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. Your parents know best, so please adhere to, to their guidance. What this means there was a difference in thought. Those that knew he was the Messiah, he was the Savior, and those that were stuck to the old ways of the law. There's a difference there. So please, this is not meant to pit yourself against your parents. Don't do that. Because 
one of the one of the the, the commands. Anis, what's one of the commands? I saw Anna, your parents. Yes? I want to make sure you're paying attention. All right. <laughs> so he came to promote peace, perfect peace. People accepted him or not, whether, whether they did or not. Right? That was the mission that was assigned to him by God. And it's funny because I, I, I listen to a pastor. He's actually one of my mentors, Pastor Darius Daniels out of the East Coast. And he has a saying that he's coined. He's like, I'm for someone, but not for everyone. Jesus is for everyone, right? May not be at that time, but he's there waiting. So I say that because don't give up on your friends, families, and those that are not walking in the light of the Lord. They just don't know what we know, right? And we're continuing to learn. We don't know it all. I don't know it all. So we're called to promote peace, but that sometimes will result in conflict. Peace, again, is not the absence of conflict which may be different from what we've learned in the world. So if we could bring up the next slide. We're called to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. There's a difference, but both have common goals. But there are two different attitudes and two primary mindsets. A simple overview, peacekeepers maintain, they manage. They keep the peace. Peacemakers, they transform. Sustainable change occurs through God's intervention. It transforms. They're not going to be the same. There's a philosophy that, that, that I live by and I learn. It's the be, do, have philosophy. Who do I need to be? What do I need to do in order for it to, to have what I'm about to cause? Which that could be your goals, be your dreams, the ideal marriage. Whatever it is that you're out to cause to become a reality. So again, that's the be, do, have philosophy. That's part of transformation. Now, going back to the commonalities between peacemakers and peacekeepers, they both operate under authority. There's weight to their actions and words. What you say and do matters. And they have both a high value for peace. Now, this is where they differ. These are the attributes of peacemakers, peacekeepers. I'm sorry. These are attributes of peacekeepers. Peacekeepers operate under the authority of power of the law, right? In Ephesians 2, 14, 15, it reads the, fo it's the following. Christ has made peace between Jews and Gentiles, and he has united us by breaking down the wall of hatred that separated us. Christ gave his own body to destroy the law of Moses with all its rules and commands. He even brought Jews and Gentiles together as though we were only one person when he united us in peace. Peacekeepers sacrifice righteousness for the sake of peace. Peacekeepers often fear conflict. Their fear of conflict can lead to many ongoing problems, including the following. People-pleasing tendencies. Being treated like a doormat. Lack of confidence or self-worth. Now, the attributes of a peacemaker are the following. Peacemakers operate in the authority of wisdom and power of love. That's God. James 3.17 states, But the wisdom that comes from above leads us to be pure, friendly, gentle, sensible, kind, helpful, genuine, and sincere. Peacemakers walk humility. I'll say that again. Peacemakers walk in humility. 1 Peter 3, 8 
speech. Finally, all of you should agree and have concern and love for each other. You should also be kind and humble. And the third point, and there's many more, but these are just the three I was called to preach on today. Peach, peacemakers, I don't want to say peacemakers, but it's peacemakers. Understand that repentance is necessary for true peace to be created. Hebrews 12.14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and women and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Amen? Now, peacemakers are not afraid of conflict, though they're not seeking it. Peacemaking people stay calm, cool, collective, and self-controlled during conflicts. And they help <laughs> and they help others arrive at an agreeable solution. What they're doing here is they're listening to that individual. They're taking the time. They're putting a set aside what their way of being is and really getting to the heart of where that individual is at. That, that takes some work, right? But we all can do it. In a conversation, a true conversation, you do 10% of the talking and 80% of the listening. That's when you have breakthrough. So here are some other characteristics of a peacemaker. They're reasonable and level-headed. They show grace to others. You don't know where that person's at, right? We're critical beings. I know I am. I tend to criticize, right? But I already learned, don't criticize, empathize, right? And then analyze the situation and what you've learned from there, put into play. The other characteristic is they listen well and they share wisdom. The other one is that they bear the fruits of the Spirit. Those fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things that there is no law to because of those fruits of the Spirit. And lastly, they promote unity and reconciliation. So we must go to God and trust he will give us the guidance we need to act wisely in difficult situations. Remember, breakdowns create breakthroughs. I'll say that again. Breakdowns create breakthroughs. Everything is created in communication. Remember as a peacemaker that you aren't called to generate peace by yourself. There's no way we can do that. Jesus is your source of peace, and you can rely on him to give peace to share. He longs for groups to be unified and lay aside their hostilities. He will also use you as a peacemaker to bring people together and help them see things from a new perspective. Remember, as a peacemaker, sorry, we read that already. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's what's stated in Romans 12, 18. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This is an essential verse to remember on your peacemaking journey. Peace is not always possible because it takes two people to reconcile. To reconcile at its core, reconciliation means restoring broken relationships to a former state of harmony. That takes time. It often involves making amends with those who have been hurt or wronged you in some way. It requ requires vulnerable and honest dialogue. It requires forgiveness, and forgiveness happens over time. Just because you said you're sorry doesn't mean that person is fine. 
and sometimes self-sacrifice from those involved in order to achieve peace and understanding. But God only holds you accountable for your side. You're expected to be the one who promotes peace, no matter the situation. And another excellent model for this is in Matthew 18, verses 5 through 17. If one of my followers sins against you, go and point out what was wrong. But don't do it, but do it, but please do it in private, just between the two of you. If that, person's li if, that person's, if that person listens, you have won back a follower. But if that one person refuses to listen, take along one or two others. The scriptures teach that every complaint must be proven true by two or more witnesses. If the follower refuses to listen to them, report the matter to the church. Anyone who refuses to listen to the church must be treated like an unbeliever or tax collector. So if you carefully follow that model and the other doesn't respond well, you can have peace knowing that you've done all you can. It's in God's hands. And it takes time. My family and I are proven um, examples of restoration in family, conflict. It's on God's timing, not ours. So don't get discouraged. This is an encouraging verse for the days when peacemaking, again, feels difficult, and it will. You're only responsible for sowing seeds of peace. God is responsible for working the harvest in you. <coughs> so in closing, I want to leave you with three bullet points here. Find peace. These are the steps to becoming a peacemaker or getting aligned to become a peacemaker. Find peace. Is there someone, and I'm going to challenge everyone in the room here, because God's told me to do it. Is there someone or something you need to make peace with? God wants to talk to us every day, every second of the day. He wants to guide us in everything we do. He may reveal something to us out of the blue and invite us to act on in obedience to him. Is there a relationship you need to make whole by having a conversation, providing an apology, Make peace with others. The second point, understand the worldview of others. Take the time to understand another person's worldview. Now, I want to highlight this piece. Understanding doesn't mean agreeing. I'll say that again. Understanding doesn't mean agreeing, but it does mean you approach the conversation in respect and in love. Be the example God calls you to be. Let people be transformed by the way you live your life. Proverbs 15.1 says, A kind answer soothes angry feelings, but harsh words stir them up. And the third point, introduce peace through gratitude. Be grateful. You know, in the hurries of life, we look to see what people, you know, we, we don't take the time to see what people have done for you and thank you. How many times do we stop to thank God? Thank God for who he is. Now think, who in your world might need a boost? A kind word of encouragement, a smile, or even a hug. Reach out to that someone today. Sharing Jesus and sharing his peace is simply a way of gaining perspective from the Father and sharing what others with others. So let's stand. Let's stand and worship.
Strand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings, I'll hold fast to what is true. If the cross brings transformation, I'll be crucified with you. Cause death is just the doorway into resurrection life. If I join you in the sufferings, I will join you when you rise. And when you return in glory, 
Colossians 3, 12 through 17. God loves you and has chosen you as his own special people. So be kind, gentle, humble, meek, and patient. Put up with each other and forgive anyone who does wrong, just as Christ has forgiven you. Love is more than just anything else. It is what ties everything completely together. Each of you is part of the body of Christ and you were chosen to live together in peace. So let the peace that comes from Christ control your thoughts and be grateful. Let the message about Christ completely fill your lives while you use all your wisdom to teach and instruct others. With thankful hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. Whatever you say or do should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus as you give thanks to God father because of him let us remember we are carrier of god's light and peace everywhere we go every day lord thank you for your abundant love and care for us lord please fill us with your wisdom and your compassion for others may you bless us with your never-ending love and that we now go and show jesus to the world in Jesus Christ's name, together we say, Amen. Enjoy the weekend.